What would audiobooks sound like if they were designed first as audiobooks instead of based on written books? This next title takes audiobook production to the next level, and it illustrates a fascinating history of modern aerial warfare and the ethics of innovation. Welcome to Audiobook Reviews in 5. This is Jana, also known as Jana, and in today's episode, I'm reviewing The Bomber Mafia. A Dream, A Temptation, and The Longest Night of the Second World War by Malcolm Gladwell. The Bomber Mafia is best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell's seventh book, but unlike his previous titles, this one was initially conceived of from the beginning as an audiobook. That's why I'm shaking my head at the Goodread reviews for this. Several reviewers made the mistake of picking up the hard copy instead of the audiobook, and they are missing out big time. I've been enjoying Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History, since it came out, because Gladwell and his production team are not afraid to experiment with an audio documentary format. The Bomber Mafia uses a similar format to Revisionist History, and it tells the story of 20th century aerial warfare innovation and doctrine. Beginning with a revolutionary bombsite technology designed by cantankerous Dutch engineer Carl L. Norden, Gladwell expertly guides listeners toward an ethical crossroads in American military history. The choice between Haywood Hansel's relatively idealistic vision of precision bombing versus Curtis LeMay's firebombing of Japanese cities with napalm. Gladwell never shies away from the ethical implications in the bomber mafia. I appreciate that he shares his own feelings of inner conflict as he tries to understand and reconcile these historic figures, their decisions, and the consequences. Along the way, Gladwell takes listeners on brief excursions with tangential stories that underscore the bizarre disconnect between experimental research and development to the brutal devastation of incendiary warfare. For example, it's hard to reconcile the whimsical personalities of Louis Fieser and his team of chemists blowing things up for fun in a secret lab in Harvard University, with the fact that napalm, which they invented in 1942, killed more Japanese in World War II than did the two atomic bomb blasts. Gladwell points out that Fieser also invested serious time in inventing a squirrel-proof bird feeder before sharing an audio recording of Fieser's colleague, William von Eggers Doring, laughing hysterically while fondly recalling using TNT to play pranks on Fieser in their lab. This zany inventiveness seems to come from another world than that of Curtis LeMay, yet these men were inextricably linked to the invention and use of napalm. Gladwell repeatedly hooks listeners with expert storytelling like this, but it's always with the expectation that we put ourselves in the shoes of real people who had to make what seem like impossible decisions. Gladwell isn't neutral here, admitting his own preference with, quote, We can admire Curtis LeMay, respect him, and try to understand his choices, but Hansel is the one we give our hearts to. Why? Because I think he provides us with a model of what it means to be moral in our modern world. 
We live in an era when new tools and technologies and innovations emerge every day. But the only way those new technologies serve some higher purpose is if a dedicated band of believers insist that they be used to that purpose. That is what the bomber mafia tried to do, even as their careful plans were lost in the clouds over Europe and blown sideways over the skies of Japan. They persisted, even in the face of technology's inevitable misdirection, even when abandoning their dream offered a quicker path to victory. Without persistence, principles are meaningless, because one day your dream may come true. And if you cannot keep that dream alive in the interim, then who are you? Unquote. I also love this audiobook because it reframes how I think about the Second World War, which I personally enjoy learning about. And as I expected, Gladwell makes fascinating connections between personal idiosyncrasies and pivotal historic events. But that's just the beginning. He also includes original archival recordings of historic figures and eyewitness accounts delivered by voice actors to illustrate the experience of Japanese survivors of the bombing of Tokyo. Luis Gara's original understated music added suspense and emotion to key events that complement rather than compete with the storytelling. The beautiful production and sound design made this a repeat listen for me. My only criticism is I didn't want this to end. The Bomber Mafia is just over five hours, and I gladly would have listened to 10 or even 15 hours if Gladwell had expanded on the history to include the Vietnam War and how bombing technology evolved with drone warfare. Perhaps he'll consider that for his next book. Also, if you purchase the Bomber Mafia audiobook, be sure to download the listener's guide from Gladwell's publishing site, Pushkin FM. This offers an inside look at the production process, archival imagery, and commentary from Gladwell and the producers and engineers involved with this extraordinary project. Gladwell's talent for tying the personal and prosaic to the poignant and profound is fully realized here, making this one of the most enjoyable and fascinating listens I've had in a while. And if you appreciate sound production and solid storytelling, I have a feeling you'll love this too. That's all for this episode of Audiobook Reviews in 5. Thanks for listening. If you've not yet done so, please follow us on Facebook and subscribe to Audiobook Reviews in 5 on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and many others. By subscribing, you help increase the profile of this podcast and chances of other listeners finding it. I look forward to checking in with you all again soon. Please stay safe and be well.